uh, the next few moments as we uh, open your word, Lord, as we study this passage. Father, I pray that you would please uh, help us to have an open uh, mind, Lord, and, and to have an open heart for the things that the Bible says. Lord, I pray that you would please uh, bless the next few moments. Allow this to be a time, Lord, of, of learning and understanding. We love you in your precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, we're there in Matthew chapter number 19, and uh, tonight we're going to deal with a subject that, uh, for a lot of people, is kind of controversial because it's very emotional, and uh, we're going to deal with the subject of divorce. And let me just go ahead and start off by saying, by saying a, a couple of things in regards to the subject of divorce. Number one, we're dealing with it because we're going through the book of Matthew. Last week we were in Matthew 18, this week we're in Matthew 19, and so you know that's how that goes. But I, I, want you, I want you to understand this. Uh, the Bible is very specific into what it says about divorce, and we're going to go very thoroughly and explain what the Bible teaches. Um, every time I preach a sermon like this, and I, I, I don't know that it's going to stop it, but I just want to go ahead and say it out loud. Every time I preach a sermon like this, I'll have somebody come up and argue with me. And this is usually what they say. They'll say, well, I just think that. Or, I just feel like, and let me just go ahead, and I'm not trying to be rude or mean uh, to anybody, but you need to understand, when it comes to Christianity, and, and you walked into a Baptist church, and what makes us Baptists is that the Bible is the authority. And the Bible, what the Bible says, the Bible is the boss. You, you know you're a Baptist when the Bible is your boss. And at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter how you think. If you say, well, if you knew my... It, it doesn't matter. All that matters at the end of the day is what does the Bible say. And we must allow the Bible uh, to be the authority. If you look at Matthew 19, look at verse 1. The Bible says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, He departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes followed Him and He healed them there. Verse 3, the Pharisees also come unto him, tempting him. Now notice the word, tempt, the, the, that phrase, tempting him, means they were testing or trying. Uh, to, they, they were trying him. They were trying to get him to say uh, something wrong. They were trying to incriminate him so that they would have a reason to accuse him. So they come for the purpose of testing him, and they ask this question. Notice, saying unto him, is it lawful? And what they're asking is, is it a sin or is it wrong? Because they're referring to the law of Moses. They're referring to the Word of God. They're saying, is it lawful, is it wrong, or is it a sin for a man to put away his wife for... And I want you to notice the last two words, because that's kind of the key to their question. For a man to put away his wife for every cause. Alright? Now, they're asking, is it wrong? And in the Bible, the term put away would be the same uh, as divorce. It's, it's interchangeably. And they say, they're saying, is it wrong, is it a sin for a man to put a, his wife away for every cause? And that's the society we live in uh, today. In the United States of America, an individual can get a divorce for any and every cause. They don't even have to have a reason. They can just say, I'd like to get a divorce, and they can get a divorce. And that's what the Pharisees are asking. They're saying, the, the question is, can people get a divorce for any reason, uh, for every cause? That's the question. Now, I want you to notice the answer uh, that Jesus Christ gives. Verse number 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? And that's usually the problem when people are mixed up on any doctrine, is that they haven't read the Bible. And uh, you, you must read the Bible to know what it says about all these subjects. Verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read? That he which made them at the beginning... Now, what Jesus is referring back to is to the creation account of Genesis. He said that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female... 
and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Now keep your finger there in Matthew 19. Now let's just go back and read that passage in Genesis chapter 2 so you can get the context of it. Jesus basically quoted it uh, word for word, but let's just look at it together in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 2, in verse number 18 in the, New Testament, in the Old Testament. Genesis chapter number 2 in verse 18. If you, if you look at statistics today in America, they tell us that some people say 50, some people say as high as 60% of uh, marriages end in divorce. And whenever you speak about a subject like divorce, even in a group our size, you're going to find that there are going to be 50% of the people have been uh, divorced, which is why it makes it uh, kind of an emotional thing to talk about. But look at Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 18. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Now let me just say this also. Uh, in, in Matthew 19, when Jesus quotes Genesis, what that lets us know is that Jesus not only uh, believed the books of Moses and the book of Genesis, but Jesus believed the Genesis account of creation. Jesus believed that in the beginning God created a man and a woman. He, and notice he says, in the beginning, meaning he did not believe that they evolved over thousands of years or millions of years. Jesus believes. So sometimes people say, you guys believe that Old Testament, you guys believe that creation story, that God created man in six, you know, the entire world, and he created man and everything in six days, and, and you believe that. And, and here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus Christ, and as a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe the Genesis story because Jesus believed the Genesis story. So if Jesus believes it, then I believe it. Do you understand that? Uh, Jesus often would uh, go back and quote these Old Testament passages in Isaiah and Genesis and things like that. And he gave that credibility to those books of the Bible. He said, why do you believe in the creation story? Because Jesus believed in the creation story and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. So just something to think about. But in verse 18, after God had created, Genesis 2, 18, after God had created man and woman, the Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Verse, uh, skip down to verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from him made he a woman and brought her unto man and Adam said this is now, now notice what Adam says and this is what Jesus is quoting, he says this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh now that's what Jesus is quoting, I just want you to see that from the book of Genesis but go back to Matthew 19 and I want you to notice what Jesus said they ask him, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause. Can, can someone get a divorce for any reason? Anything they'd like to do? And this is what Jesus answered. Now, I understand that this is different than what the average church teaches today. Because today, all uh, many churches say, oh, you know, you can get divorced for this reason and this reason and this reason. But here's the question I would have. Can you find that in the Bible? Does the Bible say that you can get divorced for any reason? Now, notice what Jesus said. They asked him a question. Now, they did not like the answer. And it's funny, I can, I can, I can uh, identify with Jesus here because so often people ask me a question about divorce and remarriage. And all I can do as a Baptist preacher is get, tell you what the Bible says. And a lot of times people don't like the answer I give them. And I think, if, if, you don't want, if you don't like the answer, don't ask the question. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if you want to just go on and believe whatever you want to believe, go ahead. 
But if you want to know what the Bible says, the question is this, is it lawful for a man to put it away his wife? The response, the answer is this, and he answered and said to them, just let's read it again, verse 4, have you not read that he which made them male, uh, that he which made them at the beginning, made them male and female, and said, for this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and now notice this, and they twain, the word twain means two, he says, and two of them, shall be one flesh. God says, at marriage, two individuals become one individual. Verse 6, wherefore, they are no more twain. He says, they're not two people. They're not two individual people anymore, but one flesh. And this is his answer. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Period. That was his answer. The question was, can a man put away his wife for every cause? The answer that he gave was, that what therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Now, here's the exception. There is an exception to the rule when it comes to divorce. Look at verse 7. They say unto him. Now, the Pharisees are going to take a passage of Moses out of context. And I'm going to show that to you here in a second. They say unto him, why did Moses then, and I want you to make note of this word, command. Okay? Notice that they said, why did Moses command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? So, he, they ask, can a man put away his wife for every cause? And when he's asked that question, he says, can a man get a divorce for any reason? He says, hey, what God is doing together, let no man put us under. Then they come back and they say, well, Moses commanded that uh, to give a writing of divorcement and to put her, like Moses is telling him, like, thou shalt, you know, get a divorce. You know, that's what they're basically saying. Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement to put her away? Now, notice what Jesus says, verse 8. He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness, and I want you to remember that phrase, the hardness of your hearts. Now, here's where Jesus begins to correct them. Because do you notice the word suffered? Okay, the word suffer means to allow. So they said, Moses commanded to give her a writing divorce. And, and Jesus says, number one, Moses didn't command you. Moses allowed you. Those are two different things. You understand that? A command is like, you have to do this. Uh, suffering is just, I'm allowing you, I'd rather you not, but I'm going to go ahead and allow you to do some notice. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives... He says, but from the beginning it was not so. He says, look, from when God created the institute of marriage, He did not create it with the idea that there would ever be a reason for divorce. He says, but Moses allowed you to get a divorce. Now notice, notice verse 9. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife... Now here's the exception, okay? Do you see this word? Except. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. Here's what Jesus is saying. If a guy gets a divorce and marries another person, they are committing adultery, except the only time the rule doesn't apply is if accepted before fornication, and whoso marries her, which is put away, does commit adultery. Now, often people will throw this verse at me or whoever, and they'll say, well, see, you can get a divorce, and here's, what, here's how they usually quote it. You can get a divorce for adultery. My husband cheated on me, or my wife cheated on me, so I can get a divorce. And some people will take it as far to say, well, they didn't actually commit physical adultery, but they, you know, lusted after a woman, so they committed adultery in their heart, so therefore there's grounds for divorce. Okay, number one, that's really striking that, okay? And number two, look at what it says, okay? And I say unto you, where, whosoever shall put away his wife, except, for, except it be for, it doesn't say adultery, it says fornication. 
If any man take a wife, okay, and go in unto her. Again, study that phrase out in the Bible. That is referring to going to have a physical relationship with her, to consummate that marriage. If any man take a wife and go in unto her, and when he goes in unto her, look what it says, and hate her. Remember the hardness of your heart? He hates her. Why? And give occasion of speech against her, and bring up an evil name upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, notice, I found her not a maid. Do you see that? Now that phrase, maid, means a virgin. I'll prove that to you in a second. But he says, I married a wife, I went in unto her, and when I went in unto her, it was very apparent, because I found an uncleanness, it became extremely clear that she was not a virgin. She was not a maid. Verse 15. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's notice. Virginity. Do you see that? Do you have Bibles letting us know what it means to be a maid? He says, hey, this girl's not a maid. And then the mom and dad say, well, we can prove that she was a virgin. Into the elder, uh, so notice verse 15. Then shall the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city of the gate. You're going to ask me, well, what are the tokens of a damsel? Look, I don't know, okay? <laughs> You're going to have to ask God. Look at verse 16. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, and notice what the damsel's father shall say unto the elders. I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hated her. And lo, he hath given occasion of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity. And by the way, you know what this teaches me? Is that it teaches me that as a dad, it is my responsibility to make sure that my daughters walk down that aisle as a virgin. And sometimes people, you know, I, I tell people, you know, people are like, are your daughters going to date? I, I'm telling you this right now. My daughters will date, but they, I will be with them at every step of the way. And people think like, you're crazy, you're insane. I know guys. <laughs> and you may think that's crazy, or you may think it's insane. Are you going to let your daughters be alone with some guy? No. Because look, it's my responsibility to make sure that they're never taken advantage of. It's my responsibility to be able to say, if someone says, your daughter's not a virgin, I need to be able to say, hey, I can prove that she's a virgin. I know that she's a virgin. And, uh, and again, that's just a different world. You know, people think today, oh, we'll just you know, let them do whatever they want. But that's not what the Bible says. Look at verse 17 again. And lo, we have given a occasion of speech against her, saying, I found out thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity, and they shall spread a cloth before the elders of the city, and the elders of that city shall take that man. Now notice, okay, if the guy says, I went in unto her, I found her not a maid, I want a divorce, and they can prove that she was a virgin. Notice what they do. Verse 18. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him, and they shall immerse him in an hundred shekels of silver, and give unto the father of the damsel, because he hath brought up an evil name upon a virgin of Israel, and she shall be his wife. He may not put her away all his days. Okay, so does it sound like Moses is telling the Pharisees, yeah, just go ahead and put her away for every cause? I mean, they're saying, look, Jesus is saying there's one time that you can get a divorce, and that's if before you consummate the marriage, you find that she's not a virgin, and you say, I want to just get out of the deal right now. And they say, if you can prove that she's a virgin, you can't put her away. So look, there's one biblical reason for someone to get divorced, and that's before they consummate the marriage, if they find out that she's not a virgin or he's not a virgin. Look at verse 20. But if the thing be true, okay, what if she what if she really wasn't a virgin? And the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel. 
what happens? Then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of the father's house, and the man of the of her city shall stone her with stones that she died. Does it sound like God is uh, just okay with fornication? Because she had brought folly in Israel. Now look, we don't live in Old Testament Israel. We don't practice this. But the principle is the same. Because she had brought folly in Israel to play the whore in her father's house, so shalt thou put evil away from among you. Okay, let me give you a case in point. Go to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. Here's what you need to understand, okay? Our society, the, the society of the Old Testament was a little different. Today, when people get married, they usually have the ceremony and have the consummation that night. In the Old Testament, if you study marriage throughout the Old Testament, and it, it seems like the way it worked is they would have a ceremony which made them married under the covenant. They made the vow before God and man, and they had the covenant. But, but they would not consummate the marriage till later on. It seems from Scripture as if a man would take a wife, perform the ceremony, say the I do's, then he would go and work and build a house and get things ready, and then he would come back for his bride, and they would, uh, and, and they would then consummate the marriage. It seems like in the Old Testament that there was time that went through before that. That's not how our society generally works. That's why we don't really understand this. But let me give you an example that maybe will be easy for you to understand. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18, we find the Christmas story. Remember this Christmas story? Matthew 1, 18. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, one as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph. Now people like to say, Mary and Joseph were just, were just engaged. Okay? That's not what the Bible says. Okay? I have a spouse. You know what that means? I'm married. Mary was espoused to Joseph. Now notice though, she was espoused to Joseph before they came together. Do you see that? So she was married by ceremony, but they had not yet come together in consummation. They were not, the, the marriage was not complete yet. Now notice, before they came together, she was found with child. Now look. If it wasn't Mary, and it wasn't Jesus, and it wasn't the Christmas story, okay? If you married a girl, you had the ceremony, you went down the aisle, you said everything, and then you go away. Let's just, you know, let me just give you an example that maybe you could wrap your mind around. Let, you know, let's say it's, it's World War II, okay? And you're, and you're getting shipped off to war. And you just want to get married before you, you go to wherever you're going, you know, to fight, right? It's D-Day. And let's say a, a young man or woman, they, they perform the ceremony, but they don't consummate the marriage, and he goes off. And then he finds out he's pregnant. You see what I'm saying? Legally, by the law of God, he could say, hey, I'm, I'm out of this, and, and that would be a, an area where um, he could get a divorce, and God would be okay with it. Okay? Now notice, Joseph marries Mary, their spouse, but before they came together, she was found with child. Now, of course, what is he assuming? She's not been faithful, right? At this point, they're married, but, you know, he's thinking, well, she's been with another man. Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, now notice, well, they were just engaged. Then Joseph, her husband. Does it sound like they were engaged? They're married. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Okay, is he doing something wrong? If God calls you a just man, is that a good thing or a bad thing? That's a good thing. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. Now notice, and not willing to make her a public example. That shows that Joseph really loved this girl. He could have made her a public example, had her stoned, but he didn't want to do that. 
was minded. Now notice, he hadn't made a decision, he's just thinking about it. Was minded to put her away, to divorce her privately. Because here's the thing, they were married, he was the husband, she was the wife, but the Bible's clear, they had not came together. She was found with child, and he was minded, he was thinking about, maybe I should just go ahead and divorce her, but if I do it, I'm going to do it privately, because I don't want her, you know, I do love her, I don't want her to get stoned and get her, you know. He's just thinking about this. Now, look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, Behold, the angel Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy um, wife. Do you see that? Not, not you know, the girl you're engaged to. He says, look, go ahead and take Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And aren't you thankful that God sends an angel to tell Joseph this? Because if Mary had to explain to him, you know, he probably wouldn't have believed her, right? And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Verse 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, now notice verse 25, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son. He did not consummate that marriage till Jesus was born and he called his name Jesus. Okay, here's what the Bible teaches. If you happen to be in a relationship where you got married, you signed the paperwork, you did everything, but you have not consummated the marriage and you find out that they've been unfaithful, God says that's the only exception. I'll let you out of the deal. But he says even that... He says, I'll suffer it because of the hardness of your heart. Because really, shouldn't you, shouldn't you already go into marriage with an attitude of, I'm going to forgive this individual because I love them? But he says, in that, okay, does that mean that once you've been married 20 years, you have six kids together, and now, you know, I don't like what they're doing, or they cheated on me, or they did do, Does any of that apply to this? No. I mean, people say, well, I don't like that. Look, I, I know you don't, I don't like it. But it's what the Bible says. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you think. And I'll be honest with you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I got a prayer list with your name on it. I don't really care what you think. I don't really care how you feel. Don't argue with me about this if you're just going, well, I just think that. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. At the end of the day, one thing matters. What does the Bible say? Period. And here's the thing. Well, Pastor, I don't think you should talk about this because I've been divorced. Look, if I didn't talk about everything that everybody's doing, we wouldn't talk about anything. I mean, seriously, your life is a mess. Do you understand that? <laughs> if I could not talk about everything that everybody did, we would come here and we would just say, God bless you, let's go home. Because all of you are doing something wrong, including me. So if I can't talk, I don't think you do that, because I've been divorced and it hurts my feelings. But you know what? There's some kids in this room that aren't going to make that mistake because of pastor standing up and preaching. And here's what I know about you. And I've counseled enough people in the short time that I've been a pastor that if you've been divorced, you don't want your kids to go through that. You know what that tells me? It's not a happy ending. It's not this cheerful thing. Oh, but Pastor, I just I hope that my little child, my little, you know, Frankie, I just hope they get I hope they go through four divorces in their lifetime. No, nope, nobody says that. Because you know it's not the best thing. You know it's not a good thing. Go to Matthew 19, look at verse 9. Let me show you this in a divorce. Let's talk about it. Divorce and remarriage. God calls it adultery. Matthew 19, look at verse 9. Look what Jesus said. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, 
Except to be for fornication. Do we understand that now? We understand what that's talking about. Okay, that's not you no longer being compatible. That's not, you know, uh, he cheated on me after we've been married for 10 years. That's not, you know, I, I never really loved him or I'm not in love with him anymore or the, my boss at work is nicer to me that, or he gained weight or whatever. That's not any of that, okay? Whosoever to put away his wife except to be for fornication. And notice what Jesus says. His words are harsh and shall marry another committed adultery. That's what the Bible says. If you get divorced and remarried, you're committing adultery. Whoso marrieth her, which is put away, does commit adultery. He says if you marry an individual that is divorced, you're committing adultery. Now, go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Say, well, why does God call it adultery? He calls it adultery because here's what you need to understand about divorce. God does not acknowledge divorce. You can go down to the county and get a piece of paper that says you're divorced all you want. God doesn't care. If you went down and got a piece of paper that said Jesus isn't God, would it make it true? I got this piece of paper that says we're no longer married. God says, I don't care. What matter? He said, what I put together, let no man put asunder. See, he calls it adultery because God does not acknowledge divorce. Because notice what God says about divorce. Are you there in Romans chapter 7? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans chapter 7, look at verse 1. I know this isn't popular. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Romans chapter 7, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman, notice, for the woman which hath an husband is bound to the law to her husband, notice, so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. According to the Bible, the only way to get out of marriage is if your husband or your spouse dies. So if you're not that happy, then I guess take your chances and go ahead and take them out, you know. But I guess we'll see you on Dateline or something, you know. Look at verse 3. So then if, while her husband liveth... By the way, it's a sin to kill your husband. Okay, let me just say that. So then if, while her husband liveth, notice, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Why? Because God does not acknowledge divorce. You say, well, I divorced this guy and I went and got married to this guy. God says, well, you're committing adultery on this guy because I don't care what piece of paper you got. As far as God's concerned, you're still married to that individual. He says, but if her husband be dead, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress though she be married to another man. And by the way, just let me let me just say this and just so you can tell your friends or whatever, but Pastor Jimenez doesn't perform weddings for people that have been divorced. Period. I don't even attend weddings for people that have been divorced. Because the Bible calls it adultery. The Bible says it's wrong. It is wrong. God, God does not acknowledge a divorce. Getting divorced and remarried is adultery because God does not recognize divorce. As far as God is concerned, you're still married. And by the way, let me just say this. People like to argue with me about this. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2 says that a man that's going to be a pastor must be the husband of one wife. And guys that get divorced say, well, the husband of one wife just means, means you know, one at a time. And they'll say, because in those days there was polygamy. So if you were the husband of two women, then you were not allowed to, to, uh, to get married. But if you divorce her and then get remarried, as long as you have one wife, well, guess what? That, that argument doesn't work because God doesn't acknowledge your divorce. And look, if I, get, if I divorce my wife and I get remarried, as far as God is concerned, I am a polygamist. I have two wives. 
That's why I, I, someone who's been divorced does not qualify. I don't care how good of a preacher they are. I don't care how deep of a Bible study Charles Stanley does. When he got a divorce, he got disqualified. Period. You say, well, I don't like this type of preaching because people don't like what the Bible says because people want to hear what's going to make them feel good and you should have gone to the church down the street because at the very Baptist church, the Bible is the authority. Go to Malachi chapter 2. In the book of Matthew, right before the book of Matthew, you got the book of Malachi. In the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 2. Let me show you what God thinks about divorce. God does not like divorce. God says, I'll give you one exception before you finalize the thing. If you find out she's pregnant, she's unclean, I'll let you, I'll allow you to write a bill of divorce because of the hardness of your heart. But he says, anything else, it is till death do us part. Period. And it's all. Malachi chapter 2. Notice what God says about divorce. Malachi chapter 2 verse 14. Yet ye say, wherefore? Because... The Lord has been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth. Here's what James is saying. When you got married, the witnesses to your marriage were not your bridesmaid and your groomsmen. When you got married, the witnesses to your marriage was God Almighty God. The Lord has been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. He says, you dealt treacherously with the wife that I witnessed you married when you were young. Yet is she thy companion. He says, she was supposed to be your partner. She was supposed to be your closest friend. And the wife of thy, notice this phrase, covenant. Do you see that? A covenant is when you enter into a, 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 a it's more than a contract. It's, it's like a contract, but it's spiritual. It's when you enter into a covenant and you make a vow and you say, hey, and, and here's the thing, marriage is vowing to be with an individual for better or worse. Well, he, he committed adultery. Is, would that fall under the category of better, or would that call, fall under the category of worse? See, you made a vow before God. You entered into a covenant. Verse 15, Malachi 2.15. Notice, notice the reference back to Genesis. And did not he make one? He said, didn't he make you one flesh? Yet had he the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit. Notice, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. Verse 16. For the Lord, the God of Israel, say, this is what God said, that he hated putting away. You know what God said? God says, I hate divorce. He says, I hate it. The one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts, therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. You say, well, why does God hate divorce so much? I don't have time to get into this, but let me just explain to you quickly. God instituted divorce as a picture of salvation. In the book of Ephesians, we are told, that I don't want to get into it because we're just going to go into a whole series about the family. But in the book of Ephesians, the Bible teaches that the husband is a representative of Jesus Christ and the wife is a representative of the of believers. And when God instituted marriage, he was picturing the fact that Jesus would marry Unbelief, you know, a believer would get saved and, and you would be, become united to Christ. We would become part of His body. We would become one flesh. And the reason that God hates divorce so much is because when you go out and get a divorce, He takes that as an offense. And so are you saying that I can divorce you? Do you not believe that once you're saved, you're always saved? Do, do we not commit spiritual adultery? And that's what God calls it, spiritual adultery on God, on Jesus, almost every day. And yet He still loves and forgives us. God says, I hate divorce. Now let's deal with this passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. People like to take me to this one. 
or people like to reference it vaguely because they've never actually read it. First Corinthians chapter 7. Look at verse 10. Now look, it hasn't been clear throughout the Bible that God hates divorce. God says, he said, can a man put away his wife forever? God he says, don't put us under what God has joined together. I mean, it's clear all throughout the Bible. Right? First Corinthians chapter 7, look at verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband. Okay, what does God command? That a wife does not depart from her husband. Now here's, here's the interesting thing, okay? And I'm going to give you, because some of you like to say, if some of you are thinking it, and I'm just going to go ahead and answer right now. Some of you are listening online, and you're writing a little email to send off to me right now, and I'm just going to go ahead and answer this. And people say, well, what if there's a woman that is getting beat? And I'm not minimizing that at all. It, it is a horrible thing for a woman to be put in physical danger, and I think those guys need to be hung, okay? But let me just say this. Most of the people that use that excuse are over-exaggerating. And that is, I mean, that is statistically true. But if there's a woman who's in danger, there's a woman who's in a situation where she must leave her husband. I don't ever tell women, like, you must stay in the house. Well, he's going to come home and he's going to kill me. I, I would never tell a woman, like, you have to stay in that house. Because here's what the Bible says, look at verse 11. But and if she's apart... So see, God says, look, I command that, that let not the wife depart. But he says, but if, but if she departs, because God says, I know you're not going to listen to me. He says, if she departs, he says, here's your option. Let her remain unmarried. See, here's what makes you an adulterer. When you get a divorce and then go marry someone else. But if you left your spouse and remain unmarried, that's not adultery. I mean, that's a really bad marriage, but that's an adultery. And here's the beautiful test that God gives us. Because when a woman comes to me and says, Pastor, or a man comes to me and says, Pastor, I need to leave my spouse. It's horrible. We're fighting all the time, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. And here's what I say. I say, well, listen. If you leave them, then you... The Bible says you must remain unmarried for the rest of your life. Is it that bad that you'd be willing to remain unmarried for the rest of your life? Well, I don't know about that. Well, then it must not be that bad. Well, you don't understand. He comes home and he's drunk and he does this and that. Are you willing to go without a physical relationship for the rest of your life? Because that's not what it comes down to. Well, I don't, I don't know what I can do. I mean, I'm going to get lonely and I need to find someone. Then it must not be that bad. See, that's the attitude. I'm not saying you have to stay with him if he's going to kill you. Uh, all we're saying is this. If you got to depart, let her remain unmarried. Look at verse 11. But if she depart, let her remain unmarried. So I can't do that. Okay, here's your other option. Or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. I mean, does it get any more clear than that? Well, I went to this church. I know you went to... I, look, I could show you all sorts of churches that aren't scriptural. If you want to find a church that doesn't preach the Bible... Look, we can go outside the parking lot, we'll blindfold you, we'll twirl you around ten times and just push you in any direction. The first church you walk into will probably say, Oh, you're divorced? Praise the Lord! We've got a symbols thing over here and we'll get you signed up on Christian Mingle and let's go. And the pastor's been divorced and blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. I care about one thing. What does the Bible say? So, well, I can't be married. Okay, then, then remain unmarried. Well, I can't do that. Then be reconciled to your... Well, I can't do that either. Well, then, you don't really care what the Bible says. Look at verse 15. Let's just deal with it. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. See, at the end of the day, can you really stop somebody? 
And if I just, you know, came home and my wife was just gone and I had no clue where she went, I mean, I'm kind of stuck, right? But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Now, people like to say this. A brother or a sister is not under bondage. Now, look. People like to go to that phrase and say, See? You're... It's okay. If they depart, then I'm good to go. Okay, does that match with every other scripture we've looked at in regards to divorce? If you study that phrase in bondage, the idea is that you're no longer obligated to force them. Meaning, you, you don't have to force them to stay. But, you're, but he already covered in verse 11, here are your options. You must remain unmarried. Saying, well, my wife left me, and I didn't want her to leave, and, and I just came home, and there was a Dear John letter, and, and, and I don't know where she went. Well, unfortunately, you've been put in a situation that Jesus is going to deal with. Let's go back to Matthew 19. Let's just look at it real quickly. Matthew 19. Matthew 19. Look at the disciples, the good old disciples. Jesus gets done explaining the passage on divorce to the Pharisees and the disciples in Matthew 19 verse 10 say this Matthew 19:10. his disciples say unto him if the case of the man be so with his wife it is not good to marry they said look well if I can't leave her for any reason then I don't just, I'm just not going to get married then I love Jesus' response I don't care that's what he said but he said unto them all men cannot receive the same same name to them is given he says whatever he says I don't care if you don't like it and by the way that's my response to you he said well, I don't like I don't care if you don't like it go by I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I, I, just, I get tired of arguing these points with people. Like, well, I just think, look, show me in the Bible. I would love for you to show me in the Bible where I'm wrong on this because I don't like preaching it as much as you don't like hearing it. But the point is this. That's what the Bible says. Now notice what Jesus says, verse 12. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. He's talking about people that are not able to be married. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. These are actually talking about people that have been castrated physically. But notice what he says. And there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Okay, not physically. Not that they physically, you know, castrated themselves. But they have chosen to not get married for the kingdom. Look, there are godly people that say, my wife left me. My husband left me. I didn't want them to leave. I didn't want the divorce. What do I do, Pastor? Become a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Remain unmarried. Paul did it by choice. Now notice what Jesus says. He said, well, I, don't, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't know what to do with this lesson. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. This is what the Bible teaches on the subject of divorce. The Bible teaches that we ought to love one another and forgive one another. You have been made one flesh. Now, let me just give some quick applications. Go, go to, go to, uh, what time is it? Go to 1 John. 1 John, towards the end of the New Testament, 1 John. Let me say this. Number one. If you're married and you've never been divorced, if you're married and you've never been divorced, don't ever allow divorce to be an option. Just decide. You ought, you ought to just go home and open up every dictionary you have in your house and cut the word divorce out and just decide divorce is not an option Jesus said wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh what therefore God hath joined together let no man put asunder 
You gotta just go into into marriage. And every 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 young person I get to talk to and, and counsel about marriage, I always tell them decide before you get married. Decide right now that you're never gonna get a divorce. And if there's any reason you would get a divorce, then don't get married. What, what therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. If you're married, you've never been divorced. Just don't ever allow that divorce to be an option. Now, if you've been divorced and remarried, you'll get hung up on these things. I've been divorced and I'm remarried and what I do? Okay, are you there in 1 John chapter 1? Look at verse 9. 1 John 1, 9. This is a good thing to do with any sin. Divorce is not a worse sin than any other sin. Okay? It's, it's a sin. It's not the unpardonable sin. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all from all unrighteousness. Say, Pastor, I got divorced. What do I do? Ask Jesus to forgive you for sinning and don't ever do it again. Period. End of story. That's it. Just ask for forgiveness. You, you say, I'm divorced and I've been remarried. Don't divorce the one you're married to. Just decide right now, this one, this one, I'm not going to divorce. This one, I'm going to stay with. This one, divorce will never be an option. If you have been divorced and not remarried, I would encourage you to remain unmarried. But Pastor, I, I just don't think I do. Look, I, I personally believe, in fact, I know, because the, the more we sacrifice for God, the more God helps and blesses us. And I just believe that if there's an individual who said, Pastor, I didn't want the divorce, I didn't ask for the divorce, I bought the divorce, and she left anyway, and he left anyone, I just personally believe that if you said, God, I will remain unmarried. I will be a eunuch for the kingdom of heaven's sake. I just believe that God is going to bless you and give you the strength that you need. His strength is made perfect in weakness. I've been divorced. Ask God to forgive you. And if you've not been remarried, remain unmarried. If you've got remarried, don't do it again. Go to John chapter 4. Let's just look at this story real quickly and we'll be done. John chapter 4. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. There's life after divorce. Ask God to forgive you and move on. Now look, if you're a man, you no longer qualify for the ministry, okay? Sorry to break it to you. It's just what it is. But God can still use you. John chapter 4 and verse 16. Remember the story in the Gospels, John chapter 4 and verse 16? Jesus said unto her, I'm not going to read the whole story, this is a woman at the well. They've already been conversating. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. This was before Hollywood, you know, this was before the actors. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that said is thou truly. Look, look. He says, You've been divorced and remarried five times, and now you're shacking up with a guy you're not married to. Verse 19, the woman says what we would all say in that situation. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art the prophet. Skip down to verse 39. I don't have time to go through the whole story, but look at verse 39. This lady gets saved. She goes back into the community. And because of her, verse 39, the Bible says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. Do you see that? This woman was able to be used of God to see many people saved. You say, well, she was divorced. Not only was she divorced, she was shacking up with a guy. And she'd been divorced five times. Look, Paul said, forgetting those things. Confess and forsake your sin. And move on. 
Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the brethren. You allow him to just keep bad, you know, bashing you with the things you've done in the past. Ask God to forgive you and move on. And God can even use this woman. God can use you. And many of the Samaritans, John 4, 39, of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified and told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. Anyone get a divorce for any cause? Is it okay, Pastor? Can I get a divorce for any reason? Is it okay? The answer is the same answer that Jesus gave. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh, but therefore God is joined together. Let no man put his under. That's what the Bible says. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. And uh, thank you for allowing us to be able to study the Bible. And Father, I, I know that the subject of divorce and remarriage is very emotional for some people. And my goal is not to hurt people or upset people or offend people. But at the end of the day, we have to teach and preach what the Bible says. Father, I pray you would not allow people that maybe have had a divorce in their past to use it as an excuse to not be used of you. We know that you forgive. And we know that you use sinners. We're all sinners. And Father, I pray that you would help those individuals that maybe have gone through a divorce and they know how hard it is and they know how heartbreaking it is. If there's individuals that have been divorced and not remarried, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. Allow them to be that eunuch for the kingdom of God's sake. Allow them to remain unmarried and to serve you with their lives. Maybe individuals that have had divorces in their past, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen their marriages now, the ones that they're in, that they would commit to those marriages and say, no divorce, one flesh, this is it. Lord, for those couples that have never gotten a divorce, I pray that you would just cement in their hearts and minds that divorce is not an option. It is not God's will. I pray that these young people and these kids that are sitting here, and I know we think they're not listening, but Father, I pray that you would just, even now, in their minds, allow them to make wise choices when it comes to their marriages. That they would not just flippantly choose a spouse because of looks. That they would be wise and that once they make that choice that they would commit to it and realize that God has taken two individuals and made them one flesh of them to love each other and care for each other Father I pray for the marriages in our church and I pray you strengthen them and help them and whatever situation or backgrounds they have that they would forget those things which are behind that they would move on and move forward for the glory of God we love you Father in your precious name I pray Amen.